Hi, I am Nicole J. Georges. I am a queer, feminist, vegan cartoonist, teacher, and advice columnist living in Portland, Oregon, with my half-blind chihuahua, Ponyo Georges. <coughs> Welcome to our podcast, Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. Sagittarian Matters. What's the Today on Sagittarian Matters, we answer advice questions on love with Ariel Schrag and Lacey Davis. Then I ask my friends, what's it like to date a cartoonist? Finally, we get romance tips from Bee and Joan, two women I work with at the Senior Citizen Day Center. Hello. Ted and Lacey, we're we're calling from in between Ashland and Portland, Oregon. Yes, we're moving right now. We have a car full of crap, and we're bored. So here we are. Um, okay. We're, so, we're we're one month into being lawfully wedded. Yes, it's our one month wedding anniversary. And I know you're not married. But I thought myself that if anybody had great advice for Julie was, it would probably be you. So my very blanket general question is, what advice do you have for Julie was? And what do you do when the going gets tough? Do you have anything to add to it? I heard a song that the tough get going, but I'll be curious what Nicole has to say. Uh, yeah, me too. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, newlyweds. Well, first of all, I, I need to just say that I was very distracted by the fact that this auto, like, the <laughs> translation, we were listening to this audio while reading the computer's translation, which turned lawfully wedded into awfully wedded, an anniversary into, like, Siri. <laughs> so Now we know Siri's bias. Uh, yes. I don't know, Nicole, do you have a... What do you do when, it, when the going gets tough? Besides gets tough? laugh at computer auto All right. Newly, well, first of all, newlyweds keep having sex with each other. <laughs> That's the point. Um, even if you don't. I feel like if you get out of practice. Are they asking once you're about, married, about just, wedded advice? Just like. Or just general? Yeah. Just, get, just got married. How to keep it cool. How what do you do if the going good? gets tough? I know, I mean, the going gets tough. Have pretty... either of us been in, like, a relationship longer than three years? Four. Four? Uh, yeah, four and I'm, a half. I'm, I'm just about at four, so. Okay. But I don't know that I really could speak to, like, an actual very long-term marriage being successful. I mean, I no. do one day, but. No. When, well, there's, uh, they've, I think they've only been together for about four years. If I had to make a guess based on whether or not I know these people. Oh, you do know these people. I may, I may know these people. Okay. It's possible that these people I'm acquainted with. Okay. Uh, keep doing with each other. Uh, be nice to each other. But make dates with each other. I guess it's also like living together advice, right? Like getting married. Like mm-hmm. for gay people, the equivalent would be moving in together. Because mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, now you're, you know, now we have to pay to break up. So <laughs> this is not to make it financial. Mm, yeah, I've, as they know, as they noted, I've, I'm not, I've not been married, married. Um, 
date nights, respect each other's space. Don't talk to each other with the bathroom door open. <laughs> if you're peeing or otherwise, you don't need to be having conversation then, in my opinion. I, I agree. I think they do what you can to preserve the magic because once it's gone, it's really, yeah. it's really gone. Uh, don't yell at each other from across the house. Just walk into the room. You know. Babe! <laughs> Babe! Especially if they're moving to Portland where maybe they have like a house. Yeah. You know, and you, so you could be like on a different floor and be yeah. like, hey! Like it, it's, you know, <laughs> manners. But this is like, they're saying when it gets tough. Okay. So, so part one so was... Part one, if you're at a neutral space, like have sex and be nice to each other and don't shout. Keep the magic alive. Now let's say there's some tension in the air. There's tension in the air? There's some aggressiveness happening. How do you get out of that rut? I guess... I don't know. What is the base emotion behind the thing that's happening? You know, is it one of the people is feeling out of control? Is it that the person is not feeling um, loved or paid attention to or heard? Like, if you can kind of get down to a base level of what... Yeah, why is someone being rude? It's probably their own personal thing that's going on. Yeah. Usually is not that the other person is doing something so terrible. I mean, it could be, but... But Probably not. If you chose to marry that person, they're probably... Yeah, they're probably just doing them... I feel not qualified to be doling out this okay. <laughs> advice, but I will say that I've heard and I have found some success in, like, having a default of being sweet to somebody. Like, to not even always necessarily have to jump to processing or not have to jump to saying, you know what I mean? It doesn't even have to, just, like, be sweet. Like, be n- nice. Like, be... Th- and keep it that simple, like... Yeah. You know what is... It's, it's interesting perspective is to think about how you treat your friends, and if your friends did one of these things, how you would treat them, as opposed to this person that's living in your space. Mm-hmm. So, like, say if this person's husband picks his nose all the time or something, and she's like, God, you're so disgusting! Like, you wouldn't say that yeah. to your friend who's picking yeah. their nose, because you would just accept that you have a friend who's a nose picker, Yeah. and that's just your friend, and so... It's not bad. You it's not a good. Find a dis- nice way to say that you don't want to look at that. Yeah, you'd be like, "You're grossing me out right now." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or like, do you want a Kleenex? Yeah, I think it's like a, almost just like a pol- an element of politeness, which seems weird. Like it seems like being polite is the opposite of intimacy, but I think it can actually be <laughs> the way. It's <laughs> a dog hacking up something. It can be the way to intimacy because. It, you know, it makes you feel, it, it's the, polite sweetness makes someone feel comfortable, makes someone feel, like, accepted and, and okay, and, um, so, yes. Manners exist to put other people at ease. Yes. And it's just, it's like a language that we all share, and so if you choose to abide by this language, the people around you will feel more relaxed, so. Yeah, and also differentiate, you're not the same person, just because you guys got married, and you're moving to Portland, you're not the same person, so if the other person is doing something that isn't your thing, make yourself happy. Do what you have to do. Uh, you know, keep the focus on yourself. Yes. And you will have more to bring them. Like our first caller who's like, should I move to Florida and be miserable for this relationship? That energy is going to go to their partner, and that's you got to do what's best for yourself. And then if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yes. It'll, it'll sort itself out. Thanks for, thanks for calling us, you guys. Sagittarius. Joe from Maryland, and I'm calling looking for 
Give a little advice here. I uh, I was just in this arm wrestling tournament, came in last, but it's not the important part. Um, it got me thinking about hand-holding. Do you have any uh, best techniques or best methods for hand-holding? I don't want to screw this up. Thanks. Best wishes. Joe from Maryland wants to know the best method for hand-holding when you're arm wrestling. <laughs> Do you know that? The best? Well, okay. I don't know. I just feel like there's only one way that is regulation arm wrestling handholding. I think he's talking about handholding in general. I think that arm wrestle oh. just got him thinking about the handhold. Oh. You think he's talking about romantic handholding? Yeah, I do. He did he did someone with a very similar name and voice called and asked for advice about kissing. Um, so I, you know, I feel like it's getting a little like phone sex, these questions, but, um, yeah, he's like, how would you like to be made love to (laughs) specifically? (laughs) Here's my advice question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do have to say some, so I have a, I have small hands. Yes, I also do. Um, I have like pretty small hands. So sometimes I will say if I'm holding hands with somebody with bigger fingers, Mm -hmm. like thicker fingers than my own. Sometimes it almost, it's hard to do because it stretches my hand out so far. My fingers Mm. have to be so far apart to accommodate theirs that it's not that relaxing and a little bit awkward. Mm -hmm. I think the best way to hold hands is to do it for short periods of time and then stop. (laughs) Oh, you don't like holding hands? It's not that I don't like holding hands, it's that I don't like sweaty hands. Oh, well, if you had chalk on your hands like a weightlifter should, you wouldn't have to worry about that. My chalk would absorb the other person's sweat. And make a paste. Um, no, but I, I like the handhold where your fingers aren't all interlaced, but it's kind of like, like, like if you're wearing mittens. Like a paw. Yeah. I like that. Do you hold your husband's hand? For a short period of time and then we stop. <laughs> Do you make him stop? I just let go and hope he doesn't notice. Okay. <laughs> I'm a big hand holder. Oh. I love holding hands. Even when your flesh is it's like, it's like, stretched to the brink. <laughs> yeah, and then, then I'll try the, the paw version. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're... I'm actually... The thing I'm worst at is walking with another person attached to me. Mm. Like, when people want to, like, put their arm over your shoulder while you're walking, mm-hmm. or put their hand around your waist, their mm-hmm. arm around while you're walking, I'm just like, I can't walk while you're doing this. It's really distracting. Mm-hmm. I have to think about my pace. I'm self-conscious because we're PDAing. Yeah. I feel like I'm walking in a diagonal or so. I just can't. It throws me off balance. Yeah. My my husband is a tiny man, and he has... We're, like, actually about the same height, but he has a longer torso and really short legs, and I have uh, long legs and a short torso. So our stride is just completely different. So I basically have to walk as if my feet are, like, connected by a short length of rope. <laughs> Or I just fall over or something. If you guys are holding hands or you're attached if we're, to each other. If we're attached. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm not the he- I do like to hold hands. Like, the first time you hold hands with someone is really nice. But yeah. I don't, I'm not like a, I don't do it all the time. Yeah, I, I love holding hands, but any, any, PD, any other PDA, I'm like, this is disgusting. I feel like we're abusing everyone around us. I feel like I'm molesting everyone around me by doing PDA. Yeah. Like they don't want, they don't, I don't want to, over, I don't want to sexualize other people against their will. Yeah. I have many bitter single friends. And so I've learned like, 
Maybe, yeah, maybe it's my natural bitterness. Like, I don't <laughs> like seeing other people making out in public. I'm like, you're disgusting. What's it like to date a cartoonist? Liz Prince. I've actually never seriously dated another cartoonist. Um, made out with some of them. It was fine. Whatever. Was it? It was okay. You know, it wasn't any worse than like, I mean, I, I date dudes in bands. That's not any better, I don't think, you know. It seems like dudes in bands get some kind of ego thing filled that cartoonist men don't really get. Yeah, that's probably true. I, that's why I was making out with them. I was there to fill that ego thing. Did but they try to a, strangle you or put a bag over your head while you're doing it? equal, not as like a comics groupie, you yeah. know? It's like we can professionally make out with each other and then we can draw our own conflicting comics about the event. It's, a, it's professional practices. Yeah, it's that's like growth right. opportunity, professional Somebody development. Somebody should hire me to teach that class because <laughs> I think it would be successful. Um, never dated a cartoonist and I have never wanted to because that's kind of like my, that's like what I bring to the relationship. It's like, I have this, these crippling self-esteem issues and I draw these awful comics about myself and like, I don't want to date someone else who does the same thing. You know, that's my special talent. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever dated a cartoonist? No. weird we're skyping and i can see the face that nicole just made and uh you could probably guess it's like she smelled someone's like awful gym sock that had just been farted into well i don't i don't even know how you would do that where do you even find them i don't i don't know conventions there's not really like a like a stable full of like hot masculine woman cartoonists hmm. there's not like a vast just like a like a broad swath to choose from there's like a lot of near-eyed men near near-sighted men <laughs> near-eyed <laughs> their <laughs> eyes get very near to you <laughs> or they're close to each other yeah um well because i asked this question and i said this in other episodes of the podcast because i can't remember if i told you some guy was going to be my roommate and he had just broken up with cartoonist woman and he was like, he stopped and he was like, Nicole, I can't do it. And I was like, what? And he's like, I can't date a cartoonist again. Because he had just dated two cartoonists I knew who apparently both broke his heart. Wait, but when he said he it, I realized. You or was he going to date you? <laughs> no, he was just like speaking to me as like one, like one of my tribe. Like, okay. he mm. can't do it. Like, why are we all monsters? He can't do it anymore. And I was like, I guess I have no context for what that means. I don't know what it would be like to date a cartoonist. So now I'm just curious when I am interviewing cartoonists, what is that like? What must that be like? Well, I guess it probably depends on how much of your, I mean, what kind of a cartoonist I assume we're talking about, like an autobiographical cartoonist, because there are some people who draw comics that have nothing to do with their own lives. And therefore, like dating them, you're probably not going to see like a comic about how you left the toilet seat up or when you know whatever but um I I mean I have had people that I've dated be like oh I I really don't want you to draw a comic about this or whatever and usually it's something that I wouldn't draw a comic about like like, that's not actually an entertaining thing that just happened Um, I said that to someone the other day she's like you'll probably draw a comic about this and I was like you wish yeah (laughs) yeah over the course of my 
comics career, people have always assumed that uh, that people don't want to be in my comics. But I actually get more flack from people who are like, oh, come you've never drawn a comic with me. What, am I not funny enough? I didn't, I didn't do a funny thing. I'll do a funny thing. And then it's not a funny thing. Ariel Schrag. I, won't, I wouldn't want to date a cartoonist. Like, what would that even... I know it was hard on my ex-girlfriend um, when we had moved to L.A. together and I was just drawing all the time. That was a struggle. Because you were working all the time? Yeah, it was just like, it was a certain period of time where I was on a deadline to finish a book, and um, it was like a period of time where I was drawing like 15 hours a day. And, mm-hmm. Because it's not like if you're a writer, at least for me, like I generally don't write more than like four hours a day. I mean, I think a lot of people feel like you burn out, but with drawing, you don't have that choice. You have to keep going and going and going and going and going yeah. and going and going and into the late night. And yeah. when you're trying to build a new life somewhere, it's, it's you know, yeah, um, it's hard. So I think that, yeah, I don't know what else is there about someone being a cartoonist, like besides the time commitment. <laughs> that they have bad posture, probably. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. They have, like, a weird bump on one of their fingers. Justin Hill. Oh, uh, so... You're a cartoonist. I'm a cartoonist. Uh, I've been... uh, Well, I just got married. Congratulations. um, Thank you. Um, uh, To my husband. But we've been together for uh, 16 years. Um, And uh, he is not a comics geek, but he... Before me, he also dated... He kept on running into... I mean, winding up with comics geeks. So does he have a nerd fetish? I think he may. I think it might be like he he claims it might be I, that it's somehow some weird serendipity and coincidence. But I think I either in a past life he did something horrible to cartoonists and this is his payback, or like <laughs> he has to be <laughs> loving to you now. <laughs> no, he's definitely attracted to the nerdish qualities, and I think it's the storytelling elements, right? I mean, you know, a, a cartoonists are storytellers, right? So we we think of the world as storytellers do, and there's something both compelling to that and, and maddening, I think, for to, to date someone like that. So, you know, if you're if you're the partner of a, of a cartoonist, you're always dealing with someone who's looking, especially a memoir cartoonist, which, oh, you God. know, you know yeah. you're always, the person's always looking around to, to figure out the story. Yeah. Right? And so you, it's hard to just have the experience because you're always looking for the story. Yeah. And, you know, that's both charming because that can kind of add a level of, you know, discourse and, you know, fun things to do, you know, to talk about in the relationship, but it can also just be... <laughs> think a little challenging <laughs> so um but you know i think everybody should date a cartoonist once in their life at least yeah why not? <laughs> there's not that many of us no right but exactly. here's the thing you don't look like a nerd oh, so okay. you know like if he would if he saw you across the room like you don't have like a pocket protector or <laughs> i wear mine in the headgear inside. Or, inside. yeah <laughs> yeah that's interesting i mean um you have enthusiasm about things which i guess <laughs> yeah yeah that definitely makes me well it's funny because in terms of you know how people are perceived my husband is you know completely covered in tattoos and piercings and he's very much into death metal right so that's his that all he listens to is death metal which is a little bit exhausting at times um <laughs> even though i love a good death metal yeah. you know about but like really 24 so 7 like oh my god you know I, i'm okay with the, an occasional like just you know throwing a ballad every once in a while um so 
but it, you know, so people will look at us and think he's the the wild and crazy one because yeah. you know he looks so out there. And in fact, and and that I I'm not covered in tattoos, um, and and piercings. I'm, uh, but it's completely reversed. Like he's the the really grounded, stable one with the good job and the like, you know. And I'm the I'm the crazy storyteller who's all over the place. Mm-hmm. So. And I'm, the, you know, the adventurer and the, you know, he grounds me and I make sure that his life stays open and, and dynamic in certain ways. What is your advice about making a first move on a date? Do you ever make a first, have you ever made a first move? I just play by. Uh uh-uh, uh, I just play by. Yeah, feel better. Yeah. You do. You don't go out of your way to make a first move. Mm-mm. What is your advice for a first date? Be myself. Yep. How? Do, but you know, at what point are you like? You know, like there's things like you're not going to fart in front of them, mm-hmm. right? Or burp in front of them. So you're yourself up to a point. Mm-hmm. But what else? Like, how would you get ready for a first date? Look my best. Yeah. What does that mean for you? Like, well, I'm gonna look my best. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, like for me, I would like put on my eyebrows really good, mm-hmm. and if I messed up, I would wipe them off and try again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's my, my that's my best. Hey, you want to be able to go out? I love it. They stuck up, huh? <laughs> A little bit. A let little it, stuck up? Let him know that, hey, here I am. <laughs> Take me as I am. <laughs> do you play hard to get? A little bit. What about you? What hey, would you I'm do? Not, I'm not easy. No. What is the line between easy? Like, would you kiss on a first date? It depends on how they are. If somebody really, really nice, I might get, give them a little peck, but I'm not going not gonna to fall into them. <laughs> What about you, B? Would you kiss on a first date? No. What if they bought you a really nice dinner? <laughs> That's what they got me out there for. <laughs> Feed me. <laughs> so a first date, what your expectations are? Feed me? Yep. Drive you? Drive me where? <laughs> Drive me? Feed me? Kiss? Maybe kiss, no kiss. No, maybe, maybe. 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 Okay, okay. If he's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's not, if he's not a jerk. No, because most men are jerks anyway. You I, know. I believe that. <laughs> you got. You can all. You can. You can pick out the good ones. You can pick them out on your fingers. You know. Yeah. What makes a good man? Be fun. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Don't try to take. Don't try. To, don't try to use you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can you tell? Not too much come on. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because means are jerks anyway. I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say you're a man-hater? Don't, no, don't, 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 don't take my, don't take my, you know, what I'm, what I'm saying, but, you know. Cause most men, they 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 be real nice to you. Oh, they oh they be oh they real real nice until they get you home. So they you know until they get get in, get in with you. Then then they show their color. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and if you're too bad, you know what to do with your knee? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what to do with your knee? You knee them in the groin uh-huh. area? Yeah. It did yep. too much force. <laughs> have you done that before? I didn't have to. They, they saw it going up. <laughs> <laughs> and they saw it in my face. In, in my eyes, they could tell I'm mm-hmm. in business. That's good business. Yeah, I would knee somebody. I don't care. If it was necessary, I would. Yeah, if it was necessary, yeah. It goes too fast, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> or just like a smack. Yep. A smack or a knee. Slug I told you. <laughs> <laughs> what else makes a good man? Fun, not too fast. Is that it? Do they have to look good? Well... Some of the ugly men are better than some of the good-looking ones. Mm-hmm. What's better, ugly-looking men or good-looking men? If you had to choose, there are two right now. There's an ugly man here and a handsome man here. Who would you choose? Probably choose the ugly one. Why? <laughs> I think they're more nicer to you anyway, you know. Yeah. John? I would like to believe one. I don't want him to come and just you know, tell, tell me a lot of bull. Mm-hmm. So they all gonna tell you a lot of bull. Well, yeah, but and it's up to you to believe it to or not. To a certain point, you want to be able to believe them. Would you pick an ugly man or a handsome man? A what? Would you pick an ugly man or a handsome man? In the middle. In the middle, the okay looking guy. Yeah. I have a hard time choosing the ugly man. Because <laughs> some ugly men are very, very nice. And no, so, so they are nice. The ugly ones are nice. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton, with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.